Hello there and welcome back to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. This is the Comics Roundup for December. I know we're in January, but this is the December Comics Roundup. As per usual, the three Comics Roundup boys are here. It's myself, Dan, from Vader's Castle Library. It is John, also from Vader's Castle Library. And then we have SW Book Collector himself, Chris. Hi, Chris. And John. Hello. Hello. Chris, I'm thinking that like the first few episodes of this year have been with us on it. I think that we might need to retire. We're doing too much of this. Nah. <laughs> but John's listen back. To us. They need to listen to us I'm or back. get out. Back from the Christmas break. Back, back from our holiday, you know, little little podcast holiday. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Christmas carol singing to keep my voices, you know, nice and lubed up. Anyway, yeah, we'll man. start talking about comics now. Um... So December seems like a little while ago, but in December we had the, uh, the, the the roundup of the Dark Droids event. It finally, not finally, because it was a good event, but it came to its end. Uh, we had some more High Republic goodness, some other bits and bobs. Um, so this, is, this is our last comics roundup for the 2023 comics calendar uh, before we kick off the new year with some new series coming up soon as well. So um Let's let's start with Dark Droids, because I guess that was the most significant thing that happened in December. We had Dark Droids issue number five, the final issue of Charles Soule's event miniseries, um, art by Luke Ross. Um, and in this issue, we sort of had the final battle against the Scourge. So, John, I will start with you. How did you feel about Dark Droids issue five? Uh, I mean, to be honest, a fantastic end to the... Uh... For the event in my opinion what i liked about it is how well all the tie-in issues fit together like uh, i'm i'm excited for the uh omnibus of that when they put them in chronological order for you yeah. like they did with bounty hunters because that was seamless transition across the whole a lot but we'll get into that later but yeah no uh really liked it uh art was fantastic they still kept it going with the old um body horror sort of stuff mm-hmm. again this is like the main one out of the five issues we've had of this that always feels like a zombie apocalypse tone to it yeah. well, obviously the others try and keep him with their own themes and dramas this one really could go on its own and go body horrors i mean it was is it this one with the panel where the guys literally head get a uh, brain gets injected is this this, this comic the brain i think it's like the last two pages or something or last like three pages oh yeah yeah, right when um, yeah, that's yeah. when it like they transfer from the machine to the meat. Yeah, and guys yeah, like brain yeah. gets impaled. Um, and like, yeah. yeah, and you got that nice like bit with like the webs, sort of the panel yeah, yeah. or the webs where like that was very like horror. Yeah, Luke Ross's art worked really well for that horror stuff. I want to. Has anyone any of you guys got that physical? Because I want to. I wonder how it looks. No, oh, I don't man. actually. That's no, a good I point. don't. I bet, I bet that looks yeah. wonderful physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking um, forward to getting the trade for this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I loved it. They're great. Chris, what about you? Yeah, it was it was solid. It was really good. Charles Soul's always great. I feel like it probably possibly felt a little bit anticlimactic, um, considering it was the last issue, because it was it was different. Usually in these events, the final issue, the mini series that ties it together, so Dark Droids, War the Bounty Hunters, whatever, that's the main resolution and then other things tie into it, but this didn't feel like that. This feel like this felt like it was supporting the individual series. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't seem as eventful. Like I, I'd, I'd say 
another issue, Star Wars 41, actually felt like the real final issue of the series. Yeah. Like, in Hidden Empire, Dr. Aphra felt like, really felt like the resolution to the series rather than Hidden Empire 5 did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was solid, yeah, it was good. Art was wonderful. Charles Hall's writing is great. We got to see, like, Power Rangers guy. I mean, I, one thing that annoyed me <laughs> about it slightly... Ajax Sigma, yeah. Yeah, Ajax Sigma, and then I like that character. And then Ajax, we got to see the Power Rangers fight in Sauron, so, you know, in Star Wars. Um, one thing that slightly irked me was that they dropped a plot convenience right in this issue that hasn't been mentioned before. Very much in a Harry Potter, just bringing out the, the Deathly Hallows right in the last book out, out of nowhere. Um, the fact that that these things can be destroyed if you kill the first Scourge droid. Mm-hmm. That was not mentioned at all. Yeah. It felt like a hopeless thing until right this issue. Oh, yeah, if you kill that guy, you'll win. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, okay. I know what you mean. And then someone just stabs him. Done. I mean, again, it kind of just feels like the same as um another Lord of the Rings time. Like it's got to destroy the One Ring. That's it. Game over. Yeah, but it just came out of nowhere, and it reminded me of um, Game of Thrones when Arya just sticks the Night King. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like oh, that's convenient. Uh-huh. Cool, but convenient. Yeah, no, I, I like this. Um, I thought it was a good roundup to the series. I do agree, though, Chris. I do feel that it maybe felt a little bit anticlimactic, but I guess I don't... I think the overall event and the overall miniseries, I think, was really strong. Um, I just think that... I don't think it's necessarily Charles Soule's fault. I think he probably would have happily taken another couple of issues of this Dark Droid series, but they probably stuck him to, to five. I think he probably needed another issue to sort of explore Ajax Sigma a bit, because he did have a pretty huge moment at the end of this issue that we didn't spend enough I don't personally I feel like we didn't spend enough time with his character throughout the series to sort of you know it was it was a good moment because like Luke and, ha- and Lando and Leia were all taken over by the Scourge and it's like oh no the heroes are suffering but you didn't have that like triumphant like, oh, go on Ajax you finally won sort of feeling I sort of felt um but I don't think that's Charles Soule's fault at all. I think I think he happily would have written an extra couple of issues if he was allowed. Um, but I do think it was a solid ending. As John said, everything came together between the other series really nicely. Um, and uh, I thought it's it sort of ended on a nice sort of, could there be more to this story? But if there never is, it doesn't really matter either. Sort of cliffhanger, which I think works quite quite well as well. I'd like to see more of Ajax. I don't know if you boys feel the same. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely think there's potential for Ajax. I mean, he works within this story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, what else you could do with him because he's not the deepest of characters. I mean, I like the little talkie droid, to be honest. Yeah, from Star I know that is I know that isn't Dark Droids, that's Star Wars. Yeah. But as I got both of those droids confused for a long time, if you remember those episodes, <laughs> um, I feel like that guy's got a bit more of a personality. But yeah, the Ajax stuff is interesting, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing that we've mentioned it quite a few times, should we talk about Star Wars 41? Um, when this one came out before Dark Droids 5, Charles Soule put a big tweet out saying, read Dark Droids first, Star Wars 41 will spoil it. Um, so we had like people were told to wait a few weeks until Dark Droids 5 came out. Um, as with all the Dark Droids issues, Madovek Musabekov was the artist on that, obviously Charles Soule writing it again. And this is sort of like the resolution to the Lando Lobot storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where we see a little bit of crossover with what happens in Dark Droids 5 with Luke and Chewie and Leia and Lando fighting on Ephronica, I think the planet was called. But then the, predominantly this issue takes place after Dark Droids ends and the Scourge is gone um, and Lando is sort of dealing with the... Uh, what's the word? Consequences? <laughs> Consequences of his actions. There you go. Um <laughs> So, Chris, you've already mentioned this issue, so why don't you get started? How did you feel about this one? Yeah, this was really good. Typical Star Wars main series, soul quality. Just awesome. I feel like the way it handled the whole Lando thing was really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We've had questions about this, haven't we? We've said, like, you know, how... Two things, really. How has Lando got to become a general after, like, five minutes and... We mentioned that, um, and like, how has there not been any fallout from what he did? So we're getting to see that now, and it's it's nice because it was tying back to stuff that happened quite quite a f- good few issues ago. I mean, um, some some of it happened before issue ten, I think, of this series. Yeah, exactly. Years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's it feels like Saul's wrapping up his yeah. run. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see Luke and stuff like that. That was great. Was, I always love Luke and Leia. You know, when mm-hmm. they show up in these things. Um, but it was really, really, yeah, it's solid. Um, I will say that the last page and the coming soon was very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, that was the most exciting part for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we kind of can't not talk about it. So we will just say, like, I know we do sort of go into the majority of spoilers, but some stuff we don't talk about. But we'll talk about this one. But, I mean, it's basically Lando gets arrested by the Rebellion and he's going to stand trial for treason which is a pretty exciting plot to be going forward with. Yeah, and it's the actual Sting says to be concluded in the trial of Lando Calrissian, mm-hmm. but after the Sith and the Skywalker? Yeah, so I think we're getting a two-issue. I think 42 and 43 are a little two-issue Luke story, and then 44 is where the the trial of Lando kicks off. So, yeah, yeah. exciting stuff. I mean, it... It does play into that whole thing of like, isn't this meant to be just Return of Jedi? Meant to be just before Return of Jedi. So how do we get from him being arrested and still on trial to him being in Jabba's palace and everyone's mates with him again? Well, we're going to find that out, Chris. Enjoy yeah. the story, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it's it's a good issue. Like, Saul yeah. always writes Lando really well. And um, there's a lot of emotion there with the whole Lando Lobot storyline, which is something that has been seeding since, you know, 2015. Lando in 2015, yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, John? What did you think of this one? Yeah, solid. I mean, and I was a maybe a slight, not hater, but I wasn't quite on the Lando Lobot train when it first left the station uh, all those issues ago. But it's grown on me, and I think it's come to a nice conclusion. Um, great issue with, as I say, like always fun to see Luke Leia, uh, Chewie getting involved um, in that final battle. And I, as I said, being uh, tied in really well with um, Dark Droids, literally like seamless transition. Mm-hmm. Like they could even, I know they won't, but for the Omnibus, they could. Is Chris gone? <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Should I keep talking or do we just. Yeah, just keep going. He'll be back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they won't do it for the Omnibus, but you could literally just like take pages from Dark Droids and stick them into um, Star Wars and vice versa, and it would make sense. Like, they literally just go seamlessly from one another. 
Yeah, it helps um, that the same person wrote both of the issues. Yeah, yeah, but he must have sitting there with two notepads open, like writing one paragraph down, <laughs> and then just like carrying on the next. And what then was the exact bit of dialogue I used in that scene? Make sure yeah. it lines up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, good issue. Artwork was great. Um, I when you two were talking about there about the last page, I was like, I think my because I'll read it digitally. I my last page was Le- Leia being like, um, and the things the um. Uh, punishment is death, and I, I sounds like there was another page after that. that I just yeah, didn't... there was. There was a, a, yeah. just a full full spread panel of like Lando sat on the bench with, in handcuffs, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I didn't see that one because yeah. I sat there. Did you just like get to that panel? Like, well, that's obviously the end. That's a perfect place <laughs> right, to end it. I, saw, I, I scrolled down because I was reading on that website you, you, you gave us. So I scrolled down to the bottom, read that final page. What are you talking about? And then, and then I was like. Sitting there waiting for it, I was like, oh, it seems like an odd place to end. Waiting for the next page to load, and it just didn't. So I was like, oh, this must just be it then. Like, just a mad cliffhanger. I was like, oh, sweet. And yeah, I mean, that, that, pretty much, that pretty much was the cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I really like this one. I thought this one was a pretty pretty strong resolution to the Lando Lobot. I mean, I think when you take this one, like this Dark Droid story, and then the Lando Lobot story from the Lando miniseries, like it's a pretty sort of complete Lando Lobot sort of relationship story, which I mean, I never really gave a shit about Lando and Lobot as a, as a duo. I mean, I like Lando as a character, but I've never really cared about their friendship and that like Charles soul and across five, 10 issues of comics has made their relationship really compelling and really interesting. So I think that, I think it was a good choice for the Star Wars series whilst Dark Droids was doing its Dark Droids thing to go and focus on Lando and Lobot. Um, and I think yeah. it worked really, really well. Um, and yeah. I really liked, as, as Chris mentioned earlier, that that story of Lando betraying the Rebellion earlier on in the series, sort of coming back to bite him in the ass, And we're starting to see that growth in Lando's character ways for the first time actually telling the truth and not being a liar. And he had that little scene with Lobot in the end being like, I'm going to try to be a new person now. Which is good to see because you're right, like suddenly in Return of the Jedi, he's this heroic general after being like a bit of like a sleazy liar in Empire Strikes Back. So it's good that Sol is taking us on that journey, even if it is kind of a bit fine in terms of timeline wise. I mean, one thing that's interesting though, actually, is have we actually just got a happy ending with Lobot? I think so, yeah. Because I genuinely thought like that Lobot was done for it was just countdown to lobot being a vegetable and all that but <laughs> thinking about it in canon like there's nothing else for lobot is there? i think he appears in one of the does he not appear in one of the aftermath um interludes chris on um if you remember back to our aftermath episode, Dan, <laughs> i'm very bad at remembering the interlude that the interviews and which book they're falling. Um, um, but like, yeah, I mean, I think we've, I think we've just got a happy ending with Lobart and he's all fine and everything dandy. Good. I think he deserves Which it. Which is I mean. nice considering the shit he's been put through. Yeah. yeah. If anyone deserves it, it's Lobart. Yeah, definitely. Right. I want to see him in that wig again. Oh yeah, the wig. <laughs> Bring back the wig. Uh, should we go on to Bounty Hunters, lads? We love a bit of Bounty Hunters. Oh. So this month, we got Bounty Hunters number 41, the penultimate issue, sadly, of the Bounty Hunters series, written by Ethan Sachs, art by David A. Tinto. In this issue, we we see what's left of the Bounty Hunters crew rescuing balance from the scourge. John, I'll start with you as our resident Bounty Hunters representative. How do you feel about issue 41? Oh, fantastic. Balance is back in the squad. 
the goat is back. Greatest bounty hunter to ever live. Back in the squad. <laughs> Got his memories back. Goat. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If we don't get an omnibus for this series, all 42 episodes, I'll yeah, be human. I'll be, yeah. I'll be outside Disney and Marvel's offices with uh, Molotovs. <laughs> you know, and, and picket signs fuming uh... justice for Tashu Leach <laughs> <laughs> exactly because uh, you know this has just been great from the start in my opinion uh, and it's just got better and better um, the character developments for all the characters is, is fantastic um, I'm interested to see how it wraps up though to be honest because these are the characters that I've loved for the last like at least 20 issues um, and we've got one, is it one more issue yeah, left? Yeah, I think 42, 42 is the yeah. last one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know how they're going to wrap it up, because obviously, obviously Valance is back in the squad, everyone's around, but we need to get, so Valance needs to go find Bosk and kick his ass. Yeah, that's what we need, little, yeah. little Bosk ass kick. Well, I think that's what the last issue is going to be, isn't it? It's Because we've had, in this issue, we've had like, the actual storylines kind of been wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that's left in the last issue is kind of like the emotional payoff for the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether like Boss is going to come in and save the day because he obviously regretted what he did mm-hmm. in that panel. So I think we're going to see a bit of a Boss redemption. Although Boss could die. Have we had anything about Boss after this? We're not, we're not going through this again. <laughs> Boss doesn't die. Boss never dies. <laughs> Goonies never say die. Well, I was I was convinced yeah. Valance was going to die, but he made yeah, it out of this one right. alive, and I think yeah. that's him surviving. He literally good. had his entire being scrubbed and still survived somehow. Well, yeah, I also he... love how quickly he got his memories back. Like, they plugged that in, literally like, instantaneous. Right? Yeah, she just put the little there's USB no, stick there's in. No, there's just... no download time. He's got, like, how old is he? Like, 35 years, 40 years worth of memories to resort. She just plugs it in, and he's like what? straight away back. But he, back he downloaded all his memory from before issue seventeen or something like that. Like it said yeah. at what in, in the comic at what point his memory sort of ended. Uh, yeah. which I felt like played for some quite nice comedy when like Vakura rocked up and he was like, Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like why is she here? <laughs> <laughs> like that was really funny. <laughs> I mean, if I can say what I thought I said, I love I loved the issue. Um, you know me, I'm a big I'm not a huge balance guy. But I'm a big Tonga fan, um, and I've loved Bounty Hunter since Tonga's been like the main character. Mm. And it felt again like, yes, it had Valance, but it felt like the continuation of that whole storyline. Mm. And obviously, we had the the Tonga reuniting with her wife, Losha, yeah. the most stacked character in Star Wars. <laughs> Jack ripped. Yeah, she's, ripped. she's the most hench character in all of Star Wars. <laughs> She's like she could like arm wrestle Durge and win. <laughs> That'd be Durge. <laughs> but I mean, I really loved that and the the whole dynamic with uh, Tonga, Lusha, and Vukora, I found was hilarious. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, and like even it looked to the point that where they were seeding, like they could do something with those three. I think mm. they are. Like, I, I, I really, I really think they are. Um, but it's quite it's quite funny. Like if if you go back to my initial comments about recording our older episodes and if you if you've ever read my stuff if you go back to my um comic reviews for when Vukora was like first introduced into bounty hunters i said she was genuinely one of the most terrifying star wars villains in a long time and then you look at the Vukora we have in this <laughs> issue and she's like some cutesy almost anime girl yeah, yeah, she's like... being like look at my kittens and <laughs> 
you know and then we're best friends aren't we yeah. like it's such a different character but it it kind of happened naturally though yeah, she got messed up by ig88 and that was pretty much it from that point she was just like i'm an anime girl now <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like i'm a cute anime girl i'm a waifu <laughs> um but no no I, I love this as well um i think bounty hunters is not put a foot wrong in something like 15 issues um and this this one has been like the perfect resolution to the dark droids story i thought you know Tonga and Zuckus rescuing Valance, friend Valance was was really really good. Like it was emotional for me. Like I like Valance. I think me and John like Valance a bit more than you do, Chris. So it was quite an emotional return for him. I like that. Um, it was good to have him back. And like that moment where they all hugged, like just seeing a group of bounty hunters that at the beginning of the series were all trying to kill each other, just like yeah, hugging it out. Is in yeah, like, Vakura, like oh, can I just get in? Like it's <laughs> it is a bit silly, but. I think it's earned. I think Ethan Zach has earned it because this series has never taken itself too seriously, but has always just been sort of like balls to the wall action craziness. Well, and I think I feel like a lot of the reason why people didn't like it initially was because it took itself too seriously. The first five issues definitely did, but after that, I think it sort of realised what it was. Mm. And it took a while to find its feet, yeah. but when it did, it was great. Yeah, yeah Ethan um, Zach is great. Right, I mean, he's done so well writing a group comic series of like. Yeah. Or like Tom. seven, eight different characters I mean, at one point. I think at time the ensemble was up at like ten people as well. And being yeah. able to do that takes some skill. Yeah. Give him, uh, give him Avengers. He'd do a good job, actually. He'd do, he would, he'd do better than Jason Aaron, that's for sure. He would do a good job. <laughs> oh yeah, don't get, don't get a started job. Um, <laughs> the one thing, the the sort of leaning, sort of the last thing that's left to be resolved on this, as you said, it's obviously all the emotional payoff and all the characters, but. Valance wants to go and rescue Han Solo. Um, yeah, I'm guessing that doesn't work out. Yeah, I mean, we know it I, doesn't I, work I, I out. Hope, I hope <laughs> the comic like, starts and it's like he turns up at Jabba's palace and, and it's just after Return of the Jedi. Like, yes. all saves him and, everything. and he turns up and he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I'm too late. I'm too late. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I've been beaten to it. But yeah, like, I'm interested to see where that goes. I mean, I like the idea that somehow everything's just going to sort of end up at Jabba's palace, everything's going to crash at Jabba's palace, and you know, hopefully, the bounty hunters that betrayed them are somehow going to end up back there as well. I think that would be a good place to have. That I mean, I think at this point, the trial of Lando Calrissian is going to be at Jabba's palace, and then he's like, <laughs> "Okay, you're innocent," and then that's when Artu and C three PO rock up. <laughs> that's, that's that's how he's going to play in the movie. Yeah, I just want Lando to um, show up as they get on the um, ships to go off to the desert. I do Everyone's like that though. Point. I like yeah. the fact that he wants to save Han Solo because I feel like that's one emotional point of balance which has been there since the beginning mm-hmm. through different writers, and it always it always feels valid because yeah. obviously you'll know that Valance, well, the canon version of Valance was introduced in Han Solo Imperial Cadet, mm-hmm. so you see it from there, and it goes into Target Vader and into Bounty Hunter. So his relationship with with Han Solo, it's actually quite, it's quite good. It's quite deep. Yeah. I've always enjoyed that. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting some, obviously it won't be a resolution to the Han Solo relationship necessarily, but just getting a resolution to, I mean, let's be honest, this series has two leads. It's Valance and Tonga. And I feel like Tonga got quite a lot of resolution in this issue, but I think hopefully next issue is where Valance sort of gets his, his final bit of resolution. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully they tease something for the future because I would love this series to continue post Return of the Jedi with I think he's going to meet up team. with Hayden is it? General um, yeah 
Captain Hayden. Because he yeah. made, um, he like, they made a point of saying that he remembered her. Yeah. And they obviously put quite a big spotlight on her being like, I, the man I love kind yeah. of thing. I hope so. I hope it, yeah. I'm hoping yeah, we get a, I'm hoping we get a resolution to that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of resolution, Dr. Afra. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the rizziest of all the rizzies. There we go. That was a good segue. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Dr. Afra issue 39. This, again, is the penultimate issue of the Dr. Afra series, heartbreakingly so, but it is uh, written by the goat Alyssa Wong, art by Minky yeah. Young. And in this issue, Afra and Sana race back to save Dominatarg from the scourge. Um, I mean, let's not, like, let's not bury the lead here. I mean, this is, like, major spoiler, but... This book would the ending of this would have you believe that Doctor Afra's dead, correct? Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. That's how I read it. Chris, you start. This issue <laughs> was fucking incredible. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm gonna miss that one two punch of Bounty Hunters and Afra every month. Yeah. 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 Because the other ones are good, but they can be a bit weighty and a bit serious. But the Bounty Hunters Afra one two punch was always the most fun part of the the comics and i mean this one actually echoes so afra does the selfless thing and goes to sacrifice herself to save sana and magna her two bitches and domina and three, <laughs> her three side pieces all at once <laughs> yeah um and it's kind of similar to how the first dr afra run the Gillen Siberia one kind of ended. She kind of becomes selfless, and you're like, oh, she has got a heart of gold. But this was done so much better because those last couple of arcs of the previous Doctor After Volume One, I felt were like a massive drop off in quality. So it's good to see that kind of storyline done right, and all the emotions are absolutely earned. And the moment when Sana, no, when she said, when she tells Sana that I love you. Man. That's been building for 40 issues. Yeah, yeah that was emotional wow. as hell. 40, 45 um, issues, if you include the Santa Staros miniseries as well. Like that whole, oh, yeah. that whole love story's been building for so long. Well, it's been building since. Well, since Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since Star Wars 20, 2015, sorry. I thought it meant like 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lucas was cooking it back in 1770. He's like, Dr. Rafa, I won't introduce her for 50 years, but we'll get there. <laughs> Um, no, it was fucking wonderful, and not only that, I think we might get Dominatag dying, and I don't think I'm ready for that because Dominatag is such a badass in this issue, yeah, and in the last issue as well. Yeah. And it's really awesome watching reading it and being like, Alpha's banged all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so much respect, well i mean with yeah. domina like i'll be honest first couple issues of this series i didn't give a shit about domina Tiger. i was just like yeah interesting villain fine but i didn't give a shit now i'm like i really care about domina Tiger. Like, yeah i would take a domina tag mini series yeah like she's quite a bad obviously she's a bad person but she's turned into this really compelling character so mm. i mean that's all credit so let's that moment on. with uh lapan uh, Lapan, yeah, yeah, cousin, yeah. That was a really nice moment, saying that like you will be the next leader if I die, you know, I die kind of thing. You'll inherit the title, which is awesome yeah. because look, obviously the the tag family, there's it's all loads of big characters, and it's a bit Game of Thrones, isn't it? They're all kind of like 
vying for the throne and backstabbing, whereas yeah. Lapan is the one that didn't do that and was just a really sort of efficient servant for Domino. So that was just a really nice validating moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh God, this issue was incredible, mate. Yeah. John, do you agree? I agree completely. There's not really much else I can add to this, to be fair. Um, <laughs> We've we got receipts back from Volume 1. Um, <laughs> I really love the lucky moment as well. Oh, yeah, it was a nice, subtle yeah. little Canto bite thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him going back will... for Ariel. Yeah. I like... Obviously, that was sick. I like that. But it brings back the age-old question that's been back since... I can't remember who we used to bring it up. Clone Wars, Rebels. Like, um, hyperspace. How quickly are people getting from A to B? Like, can you just drop someone off at a different planet and just be like, oh, are we kind of... How quick are we talking here? Right. It depends how close Canterbite is. It might be the next system across. It might just be okay. a quick 20 minutes. But I think I'm just really nitpicking. Hyperspace yeah. works as much, as quickly as the story needs it to work, John. That's yeah, always the rule of Star Wars. Works for me, yeah. <laughs> but it was, just, it was just a really good... It was a really nice moment in that because it, it made me reflect on... I mean, this just shows the consistency of Alyssa Wong's thing, so I don't think of it in runs. I think of the entire 40 issues, well, 39 issues had so far as one big thing mm. so it just you can look back at when we were first introduced to lucky and then Ariel was kind of like a bad guy mm-hmm. and they hated each other but their relationship seems so genuine now and then when Ariel was protecting lucky's brother who if i'm not mistaken Ariel was introduced having tortured yeah lucky's brother yeah, i think you're right yeah. to get at lucky it was just, there was so many little layers to it like that, where it just had this extra layer of emotion, which you couldn't have got if it hadn't have been that consistently great. Mm-hmm. Like Alyssa yeah. Wong deserves all of the medals. and all. I, gen- I, I, know, I know this is a wild thing to say in the world of comics. I would genuinely give her the Eisner Award for best comic, ongoing comic book series yeah. for Dr. Affa. I genuinely think this is the best ongoing comic book series full stop in comics at the moment. I haven't read anything better. Yeah, I mean, I think if Alyssa Wong has kind of already confirmed on Twitter that they're going to be doing Afro again, right? It's inferred anyway. But if they hadn't have said that, I would have assumed that they'd probably move on to Star Wars because I don't think Saul will carry on doing Star Wars for the next run. Yeah. They'd move on to Star Uh, Wars and it would make sense for Justina Ireland to move into Afro. Because of the work mm-hmm. on Santa and stuff like that, and it, I don't think they'd call it Afro. I think they're doing Afro and Santa series. Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, let's just talk about it. So, like, I don't think Afro's dead. No, of course Afro's not dead. But like, I mean, I think that whole like final sacrifice, I love you moment, is setting up that Santa and Afro are going to be the duo now. Yeah. Hopefully, unless Daffer is dead, we're all just going to cry next issue. <laughs> I mean, if if I was ever levelling a criticism at Alyssa Wong's Afra, is that there was too many similar characters at the beginning. So you had Lucky, you had the, the green-haired bitch, the pink-haired bitch, and then fucking. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're like they didn't. There wasn't enough to differentiate them. But I feel like Alyssa Wong realised that. And sort of tri- filled, trimmed it all back, filtered them out, and, and, yeah, and it was, and then brought into more dynamic characters like, um, what's the name of the feathered one that was the baddie for a long time, the Spark Eternal? Oh, Kofo Fo- 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 Yeah, Kofo yeah. Faris. Yeah, 
Kung Fun Fire Assassin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was I, terrible. I, I feel like there's there's story there. I feel like if you, if you get Afna, Afra, Magna, Co, you know that's that's a squad right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Triple Zero BT One. The artwork in this series has been phenomenal from Minky Yun. Consistent. I mean, Minky Yun has done the artwork for every single issue, and I don't think he. I don't think he has, or is it a she? I can't. He has. A he, I, I think it's a he. Yeah, I, I don't I think, think he has. I think there was a little bit where he didn't do it. All oh, right. Okay. I but it's practically been consistent. Practically been consistent the whole series. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought this was an absolutely fantastic issue. I genuinely felt emotional in the payoff. I was like, wait a minute, has Afra just died? Obviously, I don't think so. We'll find out what, how everything gets tied together and resolved next issue. But I think this one, going into the final issue, I think the resolution in my head is a bit, I think it's a bit clearer as to how they can tie things up in this than Bounty Hunters. I think there's a lot more to do in Bounty Hunters, but I think in this final issue, it's just what's next for Afro and Sana. I it's will be annoyed. I'll say this right now. I will be annoyed if it ends the same way as the last run did of like Afro walking away because she's like, they're better off without me. And then she goes off on her own for a bit and they hate her. Because that's how it always goes with Afra, isn't it? I want yeah. Sana to be like, no. Mm-hmm. Stop being a dick. We're gonna do this together, and I want that hat. That's to how it to end. You know what I mean? Because I feel like th- this relationship lands because this is like Alyssa Wong's one of their best assets is the fact of the dialogue and the emotion in it is so natural and real. I mean, I remember John, you criticizing things like um, hyperspace stories, how it just seems to miss panels out, and you're like, well, how have we got from there to there? And it feels disjointed. You don't get that at all with Afra. No. Like yeah. they take Lisa Wong takes moments to let characters breathe for a panel, mm-hmm. so you can let things sit. It's not just like you know exposition, 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 and then mm-hmm. action, action, action. It's I've got it. It's so okay. Yeah, it's good. This was I'm hoping that the Afra bounty hunters and Dark Droids omnibuses don't drop on the same month. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. we, need, we need all three of them. The Afra. Omnibus, if they do a volume three, it's gonna be 15 issues long because they're stupid oh, yeah. as fuck. Oh, why did they do it? Uh, let's not start that round again. The thing is, that um, annoys me if they do release re release a volume two with all 40 issues in it, I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna hate myself for it because <laughs> you can have two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I love this issue so action packed, so much heart. I mean, it's what we've come to expect from Afro every month, and we haven't been failed again. Um, so I can't wait to chat to you boys in a month's time. I think this is my final issue. I think this is my issue of the month. It had tough competition, Uh, though. It's such a good month. Well, I mean, yeah, we've got more good stuff to talk about soon. Um, But first, (laughs) uh, Darth Vader 41, uh, written by Greg Pack, art by Raphael Ianenko. my, I, I do a little sort of like note summary just to remind myself of what happened in every issue before we start talking about it. And my note here was Vader fights some droids and becomes Vader again, I guess, question mark. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what happened in this one. Um, before me and John got into it, because we sometimes have a little chat beforehand, me and John weren't a big fan of this one. Chris liked it more than other Vader issues, so I'm going to let the slightly more positive voice start first. Go on, Chris. Okay. So, I wouldn't say I liked it. (laughs) 
But <laughs> there wasn't. It didn't follow that Vader form, that Vader pack formula that I've been slagging off for the past few months. Of like test, 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 action scene, action scene, action scene of nothing happening, and then like cheap fucking twisting at the end. It doesn't do that. Um, it has. It, it feels like it focuses on Vader for once, and it feels like an actual Vader story. And it's you. It lets you in on what's going on because another thing that Pack does, which really annoys me, is you, it never shows you Vader's motivations. So when he does things like drawing Crimson Dawn and all this stuff, and keeps Archie a bastoon with him, you're like, what is going on? Why is he joining this? It never explains it, and it never makes any sense. So it didn't do that either. Like it took you on the little journey with Vader. So I appreciate that. Um, and it had it had some cool moments. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good. <laughs> the John. art was great. The art's always great in this series. Yeah, yeah, the art was. What about you, John? I know you didn't like this one. Drop us with some some heat. Um, I mean, I do actually agree with everything Chris just said. So there are some positive notes, but um, they're not coming from me, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> So, I just, I just don't know. I think, as I said, I've said when we spoke about it earlier today, I think I'm just biased now, like just blindsided, and just everything just frustrates me. Um, it's just the little things. I, I, I don't know if it's just this issue, and I probably need to go back and read it, but I'm probably not going to do that because I don't want to. But I feel like the action in this could do. I don't know if it's this is just me being really picky, but I feel like the action in this could just do with like some more. Just do some wide shots. I feel like it's just a lot of Vader holding a lightsaber, and then there's like and swinging and swinging. Yeah, yeah. And then just and a dead like, person in the next panel. Yeah, like just, just show us him doing something. I don't know if it's just like obviously I, if anyone cares, I, I read a lot more like Spider-Man comics, and there's a lot more like wide-angled like shots sort of thing to show him flipping and punching him. Well, yeah, the whole yeah, comics do a great job of that as well, yeah. don't they? Yeah, so it's or just like Charles but, Souls Vader. Yeah, like, I'm just looking or at this page here. Williams. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight panels, vertical panels on a page of him slicing droids. But it's like <laughs> what I'm actually looking at is just like just different panels of Vader holding a lightsaber, just different poses with some <laughs> swish much. noises around him. <laughs> Pretty much, it's just like, yeah. well, why? Why have you done that? Because I'm sure Greg Pat. I'll give credit to Greg Pat here. You must write. You must write down something cool, or he's very vague with it, I don't know who to blame here, whether he's just like Vader who to blame? Who do you blame for this? And then you Vader swings. <laughs> fill in the blanks with the artwork um, and I'm also like, well I wasn't confused by the whole thing of him or is it, of Vader using the droids to look through the droids to use the force I was like, that really how force works? That's like, not how the force works I was like in one, one of the films, he like chokes someone off a galaxy away. Like, just, it, and it's also it's not weird, that far isn't it? away. It's changing the rules that you have to see the person to be able to force choke them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it it was it did place us for some cool badass Vader moments, which we haven't had as much. It did make me laugh though. Um, obviously, we have a chat to set up these podcasts, and uh, John sent a screenshot of the crawl <laughs> for this issue. And it literally, it meant it's like after testing, after being tested by uh, Palpatine, he's now tested him. And I was like, we've been banging on about how every issue seems to be tested by 
Palpatine's test, Vader tests his own test by I'll, testing I'll read out Palpatine's word, test. Or something. It is, uh, however, Vader and his droids escaped, shock. The Sith Lord then made his way to the Imperial Palace to confront his master, shock, uh, and test him the way that Vader himself had been tested. Great so pack, uh, it just made test. me laugh, though, because how many, ta- how many times have we been banging on about the fact that every issue is just Vader <laughs> testing a different guy and <laughs> doesn't go anywhere? Oh, man. I reckon, then, like, yeah. Greg Pack works for, like, AQA or something. Like, the exam I was going to say, surely he's a school teacher or something. Yeah. He just fucking loves a test, doesn't it? Yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, right? It pisses me off, okay? It pisses me off. Because you have <laughs> Darth Vader, arguably... Here we go. He's back. Arguably one of the best characters in Star Wars. I mean, 99% of people probably say he is the best character in Star Wars, right? He is the guy, and he is being absolutely wasted. We have seen before... What you can do with Vader in a comic when you when you give a competent writer the reins. Look at Kieran Gillen's Vader. It's not my favorite. Salvador Lorca shits all over it, but it's wonderful. Like it's objectively great. Look at Charles Saul's Vader. Possibly the greatest comic of all time. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say it. <laughs> and then this started off well. Like it has a whole. It started off well. It had a direction. You know, it was doing the whole handmaiden thing and it had all the flashbacks to Luke and it looked like it was building somewhere. That lasted about 10 issues. And then we've had 30 issues of horse shit <laughs> since then of absolute nothing that goes nowhere. And this is Darth Vader we're talking about here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give yeah. Alyssa Wong Darth Vader. Oh, man. I'd let Ethan Sachs have it. Yeah, give Justine um, Ireland after Santa Stars, I'd give Justine Ireland anything she wants. Any, anything she wants to write, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give my thoughts very quickly and then we can move on. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> just a little heads up. Just, just I know people might listen to this and think, why do these guys keep on shitting on Darth Vader? We are just giving our opinion, but we do appreciate a lot of people do like the series. Yeah, on of the recent on our recent episode that me and Chris recorded, we did like the. Star Wars Book Community Awards, where people voted on what their favourite comics were. This one came third out of a lot of like really popular comics. So clearly, people out there like it. We're not taking that away from you. This is just yeah. This is, this is very much just our opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, we like most other comics. I've, I'd say that it's fair that we just show on one of them. If we just came on here and said all oh, Disney comics are bad, then we would deserve criticism. And to be fair, to balance out, we love Bounty Hunters, and most people don't like Bounty Hunters. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. But anyway, my opinion on this one is I don't really like it. I don't really get what the point of it was. But my, what annoyed me is the badass moment of this of this issue was Vader just blowing everything up and saying, I'm Vader, <clears throat> which is cool, right? And I like, I like badass Vader moments like that because it reminds you who he is. But why has it taken Vader 41 issues of a comic book series set after Empire Strikes Back for him to realise he's Darth fucking Vader. He's been Darth Vader for 25 fucking years. That was the whole point of Charles Soule's series was to be like, I'm Darth Vader now, I'm not Anakin anymore. Why are we still doing this a week before Return of the Jedi? A week before he kills his (laughs) boss for his son, who he should be in turmoil about. It hasn't mentioned Luke in about fucking 20 issues. He is an inch away from becoming Anakin Skywalker again, and we've spent an entire 41 issues for him to turn around and say, I'm Darth Vader. That's not the point of Darth Vader. Anyway, that's me done. Um, We'll see where this new Imperial um, shit council comes with the Umbaran and these random people. 
uh, in the next issue. What was it? What was it they were called? Yeah, what was it they were called at the end? Oh, 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 God. Schism, the Imperial Schism, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, he's doing it again. He's created another fucking team of people no one gives a fuck about. (laughs) This one doesn't even have ball guy in it. (laughs) Yeah, there's no ball. This is Cannon Fodder Squad number two. Yeah, but Imperials this time. Um, Sure, man. Okay, so we'll see where Darth Vader goes next month. Should we move on before we get more angry? Uh, D-Squad number four. Now, there's nothing to get angry about here. This was some nice, harmless droid action. Mark Guggenheim, art by Salva Espin. This is sort of like the little prelude to Dark Droids number five, where the D-Squad tracked down Ajax Sigma to come and help the fight. Nice and fun, harmless. What do you think, boys? Yeah, I think it's one of my favourite D-Droids uh, comics. <clears throat> nice, easy. Nothing to play about. Bit of dialogue, not too much dialogue. Beeping. Bit of chirping, beeping, Bit of chirping, yeah. beeping. I like how um, what's the pink droid called? QT. QT, yeah. She gets translated. Well, they get translated because they're droids. Um, they get translated, but R two still gets sort of make up, sort of figure out what he's saying. Just farting and bleeping all the time, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's good. There's Chris, not really much to say about droid. Yeah, it was fun. It was really good. Um, I I have a theory that. That one issue after this finishes. Is it already finished? Is this the last issue? This is the last issue, yeah. Yeah, in a week's time, I will not remember anything that happened. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> because I enjoyed them when I read them, but nothing really happens. Yeah, it's just it's droids just running about and having droid time. things. Yeah. And you get some, like, you get to see um, QT trying to riz R2 up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You get to see, like, a PG Disney version. I say Disney version. I'm, oh God, I sound like one of, the guy, one of them. <laughs> a, a PG version of Triple Zero. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's only there's only the Disney version of Triple Zero because it's a Disney character, but do you know what I mean? Like, you get to see a child friendly version of Triple Zero, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just fun. Nothing yeah. really happens. It's yeah. just fun. Although I will say this issue, I loved how it tied into Star Wars. Yeah, with a little Lando, the Lando theme. bit. Like when yeah, when he cool. when they were going through it, I heard so I read that dialogue, and I was like, "That's from Star Wars thirty seven. Was it thirty seven? Yeah, something like that. It's yeah, the one that John didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only... I mean, it's just a thing for me. The only thing I kind of wish they did because of how much the Skurg droid was like a Sauron ripoff. was like, you know when... Actually, to be fair, it might have actually been in Dark Droids. You know when they board the ship and they all split up and mm-hmm. Ajax like got a cause of distraction? I was really hoping like someone would be like, the Frodo. You know, <laughs> just go off to like distract <laughs> for everyone. <all> two. <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah, really wanted just like a big moment that was just a big sacrifice, and then everyone charges and charges in after them. Yeah, but to be honest, what I think this series done really well. It's a nice bit of levity from quite a dark event. The colours in this, are, I mean, the artwork's really good, but the colourist in this, I don't know who the colourist is. I'm sorry, but the colours are absolutely stunning, so vibrant. Um, it's a really fun series but also i think there are some like nice moments in like bringing this sort of ragtag group of droids together like you know murderous triple zero ig88 all these droids that shouldn't really get along it's quite nice it's quite fun bring them all together for a bit and then chuck them out and it does do a good job of just like supporting the dark droids event because we do get an answer as to why ajax sigma sort of got involved and all that sort of stuff so also as well it kind of it's quite funny that Spoilers again. If you got this far, then you've been spoiled the whole thing. But it's this D squad that actually wins the day. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. defeats the Scourge. It's the D Squad. It's flipping R2, QT, all these guys. All the, all the boys. And Triple Zero yeah. is a hero. Hero, Triple Zero. Yeah, and I like the bit. I think it was in Dark Droids, not this one, where he sort of like threatens Ajax and he's just like, he's like, oh yeah, don't you go like trying to make this all about yourself or we'll, like hunt you down and tr- chop you up or something like that. I can't remember what the exact line was, but I like that, that like Triple Zero like had mm-hmm. that little threat to Ajax. So hopefully we could get a bit of resolution to that if Ajax ever comes back. I'm looking forward like. to getting this as a trade paperback and just reading for all four issues in one go. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. More more than any of the other series, to be honest, because it's so because there's not that much dialogue in it and it's most of it's like uh, all in the imagery and the visuals, I tend to lose a lot of it by the time I get to the next one. So to yeah. read it all through in one, as one thing would only take about probably about twenty minutes, but it yeah. I reckon it would be really enjoyable. Yeah, I just like how technically technically the droids are the ones that go in big battle with the most to lose. Because they're the ones that I just like can easily get like affected straight away. Like you know, Luke and Leia and Aphra and and, one, and the bounty hunters have got to scrap their way through. You know, they they they're slightly less of a risk than the droids. R two, one little bug bug droid, and R two's done for. He's put he's his life straight. on the line. He is. They yeah. are, but, like, even the droids like IG eighty eight. Man, he could have gone any second, but he's like, no, I'll stand up, do what's right, go. <laughs> yeah, big up the droids. Uh, right, so shall we move into? We've done our dark droids chat. Shall we move into our high republic, the high republic stuff? Yeah. Uh, high republic adventures issue number one by Daniel Jose Older. This is Harvey Tolabau returning to the art, um, and in this issue we see Zine and Quart from the first series of high republic adventures make a return and set off on a mission to find Lula. Chris, I can tell you're chomping at the bit to talk about this one. Yeah. Oh my god, right. So, first of all, let's talk about the art. Oh In man, it. Harvey Tolliver's art so good. So, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take you on a little adventure, okay? So, <laughs> Chris, story time. When I first started reading Harvey Public Adventures with the first one, that was the first thing I'd read with Harvey Tolliver's art, and I didn't like it. It just seemed too much. Um... And it took me a while, and like I, when it when it changed artist, I think in like issue three or four, I was like, I prefer this. Like Tony Bruno, wasn't it? Yeah, but God, I feel like it's like everything worth doing, like coffee, like beer. It's it's an acquired taste. You have it first; it's so bold, it's so strong. You're like, what's that? But then the more you experience it, the more you realize how much better it is. Those other things because it has those that bold, strong flavor to it. Same with the art. How I said about, I was literally in awe of every single page. It's, yeah, this was stunning. He's got to be the best artist working at the moment. Every it's every him. page was like a tapestry. It's him or Ariane and Dito, I'd say. Honestly, incredible. Like the, I would, I would get. Like, there's about ten pages in this that I'd get as wall art, yeah. from a wall. Like, yeah. absolutely stunning. Um. Not only that, let's talk about the story. Again, I only, I read this today. I tried to read it when it first came out, and I think because it starts off so big and busy with these huge splash pages of Chodobal art, and like it's doing, it does this thing with the panels where it's got what's going, it's doing the narr- narration from 
zine and it's got the dialogue i think it was too much to take in so i was like oh i'm not feeling this i'll read it later read it today and it just honestly got me i feel like daniel jose older's writing has just gone up every everything he writes he just gets better and better yeah like yeah. It's, it's comic book ryan is definitely just getting better and better and better isn't it yeah absolutely yeah. um there was so much emotion in this it was absolutely gorgeous it took me to places I did not expect it to take me. I am, I'm genuinely intrigued. The sting at the end is one of the best stings we've had in ages. It didn't feel cheap. Yeah, um, it was a pretty major plot twist. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like, I cared so much about it. I've never really cared about the Horror Public Adventures guys much. Um, but this made me want to go back and read Phase 1, Horror Public Adventures. Yeah, I always bought into Lula and Zine's relationship. So I, I, Yeah, I, like... It, I was- I think my reading of it was always kind of like a bit sort of separate when I was trying to read it. Like there was big gaps, so it never really grabbed me as it should have done. But the, I'm going to go and I've got the I've got two copies of the omnibus. So oh, cheers, cheers, Chris. I don't one from Panini, one from Dark Horse. Yeah, it pays to be connected. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna. Don't, I'm gonna... Don't, don't think he took the hint there, did he, John? Uh, which one's better, Chris? Uh, I did a video on it. So if you go on my page, oh, I compare the, the two. And... Yeah, I prefer the Panini uh, one, but the Dark Horse yeah. one's still mint. Um, yeah. I appreciate that. Gizms and yeah, gizms. John, John likes paper. So. Yeah, I like paper. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, if, it's this or Afra for mm-hmm. issue of the week for me. Month, sorry. Yeah. John, how about, how do you, because let me, let me get this straight. Have you read High Republic Adventures yet? <laughs> No, no. So, so, so this yeah. was probably a bit confusing for you. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> so, to be honest, I obviously agree with everything about the art because that's just objectively just stunning, anyway. <clears throat> but I read it, uh, and I went Wikipedia and was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, <laughs> and basically, I had to find the character on Wikipedia and then look at where she'd first been introduced. I was like, "She's definitely this is not like a first introduction." So I quit read, and it made slightly more sense. But um, I will go back. And read High Republic Adventures. Yeah, read it. It's only yeah, like I mean, it's only like fifteen issues, but it's a really great series, and it'll yeah, put this I, in a lot more context. I mean, yeah, just contextless reading. It was enjoyable. Um, made me want to go back and read the rest of High Republic Adventures. So that ticks ticks the box, I guess. But yeah, I enjoyed it for the context I had. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's I, I quite like it when we sometimes get a bit of John's like contextless because he, he had that for like Phase Two and Shadows of Starlight as well at the beginning. <laughs> we were like, do you oh, know yeah, what man. the fuck's going on? Then I mugged myself on that on that podcast as well. Oh, this new character's sick. Is like, um, no, it was in one of the books. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely. At some point, John, do your homework. Those those the the Panini trade paperbacks as well, or the omnibus. They're all the omnibus is paperback as well, so it's quite cheap, but. The panini trade paperbacks are really, really, really tasty. Um, yeah, no, I love this. This like I'd heard a lot of people talking about it on Instagram. I think I, I had heard Jason talking it up quite a bit, and a few other folks saying that this had a big twist in it. So I was quite excited to see what chat was. Um, Zine and Quart are a good pair. Uh, Quart's journey in Phase One was really interesting, so it's good to see Quart and Zine a bit more grown up. Uh, and then, yeah, that whole twist with Lula at the end, I was not expecting that whatsoever. Um, if this series is going to be about like that original team trying to be reunited again, because obviously Farzala's missing and Buckets of Blood is missing. So if it's, Buckets of Blood! It's the journey to get them all back together. That, that excites me. But yeah, seeing that 
this is where Lula and Zine's relationship is going. It's going to be interesting because obviously there's going to be consequences for Lula because she just snogged someone, which you're not allowed to do when you're a Jedi. So it'll be interesting mm. to see where this goes. Um, yeah, but it also yeah. seems like she's the leader of like a Nile faction, which is a bit more frowned upon than kissing someone. <laughs> yeah, but she could be undercover. Yeah, As the leader. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just interested to see where this guy has Lula gone bad, or who knows. It reminds me of when Keeve trains pretending to be a Nile. Yeah, she did it as well, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we won't we won't talk too much about it because I actually don't want to like spoil her Republic adventures for John because it's a good read. Um, it's so probably we'll the move... the most beautiful comic book of all time, though. Oh yeah, the artwork's just yeah, yeah, so good. Um, Shadows of Starlight issue number three got it here in front of me look at that beautiful cover of bell zetabar people listening can't see it but it's so beautiful um charles soul again the art this time by jethro morales uh and this is sort of the bell and buriaga issue of shadows of starlight um with their sort of re- reuniting after the fall of starlight and then something which is talked about quite majorly in the eye of darkness which is um Pra Tree Vita getting kidnapped mm-hmm. and see this going down in this comic as well. So, John, you haven't read Eye of Darkness either. <laughs> or no. Tales of Light and Life. Did this make much sense no. to you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it's split into like time jumps, isn't it? So the yeah. first bit, obviously, of uh, Belle chatting to Elzar, fine, great. It's a lovely bit of dialogue. I like the um, almost like Friction, yeah. Between two, they were making some Fine sassy heads. comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great, loved it. Then there was obviously a time jump to when him and um, what's the author's name? Biriaga. Biriaga. And then I saw the little panel on the bottom, and it was like, "Please see Tales of Light and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> More <laughs> homework. <laughs> well, didn't you guys all get free copies? So yeah, like, to be, I'm yeah, to of, on principle here. I'm. I'm Disney, I'm not fucking reading it. Please yeah. anyone. Don't <laughs> randomly. You have to like ask them. Well, this is me asking. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, they sent it to me, and then I wasn't like, "Oh, can you get us a second one for John." I, I obviously, whoever sent them out is not doing the homework because it's very obvious there's two of us here. Um, anyway, uh, and then what happened? Bell got a new trim. Oh yeah, fresh uh, trim, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. going on the adventure. Um, his, oh god, I'm terrible with names. His new master is in some sort of crab wheelchair. Yep. Indira Stokes, yeah, yeah. I like the connotations that brings that, you know, what, you, you go up against a nameless, you're not immediately dead. Like, I like the, that's a nice thing. Yeah. I enjoyed it, basically. I'll stop yeah. rambling. Chris? I'm going to say something controversial. What? I kind of find Bowser FR boring. <gasps> Chris. I do. I mean, I've enjoyed his stories. You know, it's hard not to like him in Like the Jedi with Loden and all that. And his uh, storyline in um, Rise of Storm was great as well. But I feel like Bal works better as that wide-eyed, earnest, Padawan, young knight thing. Which obviously he's lost that now because of the amount of stuff he's been through, mm-hmm. but like I feel like that that makes that character compelling. Like he is the light, you know, the unfaltering light. That's who he is. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't as good as the first two issues for me. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, it, it, was still, it was still it was still good that. obviously it was still charles soul yeah it still tied in awesome i really liked the prate rita bits where you see him fighting against uh, shrike. The shrike and that that was awesome mm. really liked that but just the the bell and owls that stuff i was just like mm. then again i didn't really like bell and edge of, edge of darkness either so yeah well you know what i'm gonna sing the praise for this one i really really like this one actually controversially in my opinion i'd say this maintains the quality of the first two shadows of starlight i really really liked it love the bit at the beginning with elzar i like the bell elzar relationship quite because you want to like suck elzar's dick so. <laughs> <laughs> apologies listeners uh, i'm not denying it uh <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I liked the sort of like I, I was I was worried at the beginning of this issue that it was just going to retell the tales of Lion Life Buriaga rescue, but it didn't. It sort of trusted that some readers would have read it, um, so I liked that. That's why one of my favourite short stories in that book. So getting a bit further resolution to that and seeing how Bell and Buriaga are after that, really liked. Liked it when they got back to Coruscant, and then yeah, the bit which uh, Partridge and the, the two of them and. Um, on the front lines and like when Pratrivita just like loses his lightsaber and he's just like, oh, do you know this ancient form of like Jedi Kung Fu and then just starts like beating the shit out of all the Nile. That was dope. That, that was, was really like, cool. That was really cool. Um, so yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Fucking hell, I think my fucking webpage has cut me off halfway through again. <laughs> Wait, do you, do what? You know, what are you going on about? Him doing Jedi the Kung Jedi Fu. Master, <laughs> Grandmaster. Like, he gets captured by the Nile, but he fights them off first. Like in right this month's comics, man. Yeah. yeah Shadow oh, Starlight like 3. Wait, right. oh, look, I'm going to whip it up in front of me, John, so just so you can literally see it. See the panel. The big hairy-looking dude. This. Yeah, I've not seen that. <laughs> what have you been reading? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just got halfway through. I got, honestly... Again, this is me sound like an idiot. I got to Belzar's fresh trim. Not Belzar. Yeah, Belzar. Bell's fresh trim. <laughs> Bell's fresh trim, and then that was it. Fucking Wait, Belzar. That's, that's their ship name. They should totally Jesus hook up. Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? Let's not talk that much more about this one, otherwise, John's going to start thinking that we're talking about a whole new comic here. Yeah, sorry, listen. <laughs> um, Right, last little bit of High Republic goodness for the month was Cam Scott's second issue of his High Republic series. This time, Ario Anandito was not on art duties. It was Jim Toe, Tao, uh, and Keeve and the team have a nice battle with Lorna D, uh, the Jedi Nile, the Nile Jedi hunter person who's there. And uh, Keeve has a little negotiation with Slug. Uh, Chris, do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> cool. John's like it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, it was a good I, issue. Um... I read issue one again before reading this one today because I just wanted to remind. Obviously, it's set up a whole new thing, hasn't it? And it's a bit more, um, not complicated, but it's, there's a bit more to it than the previous two phases with the whole uh, delegation to the huts and all that. So I wanted to refresh my memory and I read through it and it's it's really good issue. Who's the guy that looks like an Everini with a mask on, but he's got like Drengear arms and he can use the force? Who's that guy? Yeah, this is the mysterious Nihil Jedi Hunter who I think we're going to find out about, I'm assuming. But yeah, he's got, I thought it was like, has he got Drengear arms? Yeah, that's cool. He's Drengear arms, but they said he was using the force. 
Yeah, it's a bit mad. So I'm but he of... looks like an Evereni, and it's called a child of the storm. Like, so is it like yeah. some weird, is it like Yana Rowe or something like that, who's been like resurrected by Drengear and he's like half Drengear, half. <laughs> oh, that would, yeah, that would be, be sick, actually. Mad, actually. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was wicked. Cube Trans is awesome. The action was great. The Tarek and Serret stuff was great. Yeah, well, they didn't die, I told you. Didn't die, you, you did say month. that. You did say yeah. that. Um, yeah. John. But yeah, it's hard to say like anymore because it's we're still midway through the story. Mm. No, I really liked it. Um, I don't know why, but I've got a real urge with this Horror Public to not read it monthly, which is annoying because we do monthly podcasts, and literally just wait for them all to come out and read it one go. This is like the one story, um, one ongoing Star Wars story that I'm like, I really just want to read it all in one go. I don't want to read it monthly. Yeah, um, I, feel, I feel the same, yeah. Which is probably because I read the first volume like that, just in one go. Obviously, I've got it on the bus, it's on the shelf, it's not ready. Um, or reviewed it, but that's on me. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I like where it's going. But it's just, I feel like it's just very cliffhanger-y on the first two issues. Like, you get to it's that funny, though, it's because like... this is the one series, I'd say, where you really should read it every month. Because mm-hmm. what they do is they know when the issues hit compared to where the, when the books drop. Yeah. yeah, so they try and sort of line stuff They try and up. line things up. So Johnny had this. He... he kind of st- struck off single issues and he just reads trade paperbacks when they come out and so he had when he did the phase two ones he'd already he already knew what was happening and how the comics ended because he's read the books mm-hmm. because they yeah. released them so they staggered and it worked well so I, I assume they're going to do the same with this i feel like this is telling a very separate storyline though at to, the moment, well, at the moment, definitely having Red Eye of Darkness is definitely is telling a Keeve, Lorna D, Huck story, which feels very separate from the main story, which is good. I, I would prefer that. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really liked it. I thought Lorna D, it's great having her back. Um, I love the whole sort of like resolution ish to like the, the Miyaga, the Huck thing from phase one. That yeah. was cool. And the fact that that heart was like, oh, you killed my sister, so I'm going to like team up with the Jedi. I like that. Interested to see where it goes. Really interested with this Drengear Jedi hunter arm person. Pretty cool. I love um, the artwork as well. Yeah, yeah, the artwork. I actually like, I like Harry and Dito a lot, so I was like, I was worried that he wasn't doing the art, but I didn't actually feel it. I thought this sort of captured sort of a bit of his style, but just being a bit different. I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, I liked this. Did you did you clock the one panel with this like random Jedi, like little kid Jedi with like a little blue spiky hair? Yeah, and his, and his name was Aidan, <laughs> like like clearly Aiden, but they've just stuck a space. Yeah, in I, I, I actually looked at. It, I was like, did someone win a competition or something? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Kevin Scott's High Republic series is always really good, and I do know what you mean, John. It's when these ones where like the individual issues are all excellent, but they really come together in the trade paperbacks because he really does break it down into chunks of story. Um, I can throw another one on the bus. Yeah, another one. Yeah, Skier though. And yeah, oh shit, that's like the major revelation that like Skier could be alive out there. Skier's like Batman in it up in the uh... (laughs) illusion zone. Yeah, yeah, just being like a worst nightmare and like taking out people and stuff. Yeah, so that was really That's dope. Good. Although yeah. I just remembered that John said last week, last month, uh, he called him Skeev. So <laughs> I, I just want the Skeev and Balzar book. 
fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be fan fiction. That's never going to be published. Skis and, skis and bells are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess the, the only other thing I'll add is that we got a nice, just, it was only like five panels, but like a little bit of like Kiva's an initiate getting picked as Skiers Padawan. And that was, that was a nice little addition as well. Mm, um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. We also went a bit of a Keeve Trennis hair journey as well. Yeah, Keeve Trennis's hair is always dope. Yeah, so like, you got to see like... has got a good trim. Yeah, Keeve's like weave when she was young. Keeve's weave. Keeve's weave. <laughs> and then like... Do you reckon that's how he got the name? No. <laughs> Keeve's weave. Keeve. And then like when he's older, she's older and she's got those awesome braids. But also I'm thinking like, it's got to be, it's got to be a wig, right? She's got to be a weave that she's wearing. There's no way she grew hair that long in the year between... Nah, she did. She, she grew that. No, mate, she didn't. She had half a shaved head. <laughs> so she's wearing, she a, she's, wearing a, she's wearing a weave. She's got some, like, Jedi hair growth. No, no, powers. she's wearing a weave. I guarantee if you're pulling it hard enough, she's got, like... <laughs> Maybe that's what Lorna will do to her in, like, one of the issues. Just, like, yank her hair back. <laughs> no, she's wearing a weave, I'm telling you. So, yeah, another great issue. No surprise. Kevin's got killing it, as always. Uh, right, we've got mm-hmm. two two issues left, and we'll get through them quite quickly because they're not huge ones. Uh, Hyperspace Stories Twelve, Cecil Castellucci writing it, Lucas Moran gone on the artwork, and this is, I believe, I'm pretty sure, the final issue of Hyperspace Stories, with this little rebel engineer taking the toy for a little journey through the plot of Return of the Jedi. Um, Do we like it? Yeah. John? I'm gonna be honest. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Did you miss like twenty panels again? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's only like three pages long as one. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. I need it like in a fl- timeline, timeline like flow chart to be like this issue's it. Because forgive me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you guys, I know what you're gonna say here. You're gonna say Carla Ren, aren't you? Kylo Ren and Ray both have this toy. Yeah, and Philippo, then, yeah. Yeah, but the thing that was in the toy was the taken thing out. Were all, all taken out. So, is the toy the thing, or is it what was in the toy? Unless it's less some kind of force residue, but that doesn't I, make any I, sense. Yeah, that's how I sort of take it, like a bit of like a Jedi fallen no, on because... sort of force echo that's left on the toy. I mean, There's more to I... it than that as well. Like, it doesn't make sense as well, because if the thing that they're searching for is a location of Jedi sites, mm-hmm. then why was it being looked for with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan? Like, Because that wasn't a concern then. It was pre-Order 66, pre-Jedi wiping out. So why was that a coveted thing then? Um, secret Jedi bases? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I, I kind of want the trade paperback, if they, if they do one, I assume they would, to not put it issue one two i want them to do it in bloody chronological order yeah if they did an omnibus in like chronological order that would actually be no one would buy that omnibus. quite handy no <laughs> just buy an, it, but... an, an oversized <laughs> an oversized i mean i like home space stories a lot and i'd say 80 percent of the issues have been good yeah yeah there's definitely yeah. a lot more good than bad but just this yeah. overarching storyline just seems like a bit of a tacked on thing no real thought to it yeah i mean yeah. i enjoyed the issues Unentertaining. Yeah, the actual storyline in this issue with that guy, that engineer guy, and everything was really cool. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Just don't get the toy thing still. Just don't get it. Are there actual people in the Millennium Falcon in the film? I can't, I haven't seen it in a while. 
Well, yeah, you obviously you just see Lando and Nienab, but I guess there's an, an assumption. But he was set, sitting behind yeah. him. I guess yeah. he's out of camera or something like that. That whole bit, though, where he's there and part of the Death Star run, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really now going to go and watch Return of the Jedi and see if I can see a little toy dangling from the cockpit. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that was right in the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah, it's got Han's dice, it's just this little fucking toy just dangling. Can you imagine if like, Lucas has another edit? <laughs> <laughs> the toy editions. <laughs> the hyperspace edit. Hyperspace stories editions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, not not much else to talk about it. I thought it was a cute little ending to the hyperspace stories series. Yeah, I don't understand it though. It, was, it makes no sense. It was better than Star Wars Adventures, but it's not my favourite. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree, Chris. Eighty percent of the stories are pretty good. There's some good stuff in there. Some fun artwork. Some fun stuff. I like that they made an attempt to tie it all together with a toy. Not sure whether it paid off or worked in the end, but that yeah, was good fun. Uh-huh. Um, right, let's finish off with. Um, a load of stories that didn't really give us that many revelations. Uh, Star Wars revelations. The one I, shot. I thought this was great. Yeah, but did you think there was actually many it's revelations? A, it's a, it's in a, it? A no, it was just you kind of can tell that like just setting up. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a book of trailers. Yeah, yeah. It's a book. Oh, no. of, it's just like this is a little short story which is going to lead into a bigger story. I can't remember any of them. So, if so, anyone else wants to talk about them, so I can okay, remember. so I'll just quickly list them off. There was the Charles Soule one, which was like Dengar on trial, and then Lando calls the lawyer at the end to set up the Lando lawyer thing. There okay. was Mark Bernardin, who was the Mark Bernardin, Bernardin, who was the Jango. No, Mace no, he's the Mace Windu. Windu. He was the Mace Windu one, where Mace Windu was swimming in a prison. No, he yeah. was in an underwater prison, and then was trying to get a key, and then swam out of it. Yeah, I didn't really there feel was, that one. The Alyssa Wong one, which sort of introduced some sort of like bounty huntery sort of person. Oh, who, it's going to be hunting Afra. He's going to be hunting Afra, and she was telling some tall tale about her fighting a Nexu. Greg Pax Vader one was a load of bullshit. Um, Ethan Sachs. What was what was Greg Pax Vader one? <laughs> oh, it was just a load of droids talking. Like, it was just droids talking and Vader being in the back of all the frames. Like that was literally it. Okay, and then it was set, oh no, it was setting up some like rebel super soldiers. Oh, fucking stupid, mate. Next. <laughs> Uh, Ethan Sachs did a little. Oh, the Django uh, Fett one. Django right? Fett one. That was really good. Uh, I enjoyed that. Which one. was interesting. That sort of setting up a cool Django Fett story where he's hunting down a statue and Aura Singh is on his. Tail. Yeah, that was really good. That one was. I'm, um, I've, I've got high hopes for that series. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm buzzing for that. Ethan Sachs is our boy. So I'm, I'm not like a prequel Fett guy, but like this was good. Yeah, and Ethan Sachs, he's our boy, isn't he? So. Yeah, he's our boy. I met him. He's lovely. Uh, Kevin Scott did a little High Republic Keith Trennis tease uh, with her encountering a guy who had a lightsaber and he wasn't actually a Jedi, he was just a kid that found a lightsaber on the floor. I feel like I've read that story in Star Wars about 50 times. Yeah. About a fake Jedi. <laughs> and but it was good though. It was good. Mark Guggenheim uh, did a little Jabba the Hutt thing but Jabba the Hutt was hardly in it. It was about some guy I remember that one being really, really good. And I was like, does this mean we're getting a Jabba the Hutt series or something? Because it was well, really yeah, good. Well, yeah, it was like some guy who was in trouble oh, with Jabba no. and then he actually got recruited to be one of Jabba's sort of lieutenants and was going around doing like little fixer jobs for Jabba. Yeah, that, think, that, that that was my favorite one. I think, <laughs> I think he's from Legends. 
I saw someone talking about him. That he is it him that's from Legends or someone in the comics from Legends? Apparently, and I think it might. I be can't him. remember who it was. I swear it was someone I know. And he just he gets formed into a little team at the end of the comic. With like, I was looking at it. I was like, am I supposed to know who these people are? But I don't think we are. Um, and then but I I really enjoyed it. I hope that they're doing something with that. Well, I had a little to be continued question mark, so I don't really know what the crap. Something is. Something obviously is going to be announced then. I'm guessing. Hopefully, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I quite like Mark Guggenheim. I think I know a lot of people don't really like his stuff, but I actually think like I liked his Han Solo and Chewbacca series. I liked him in D Squads. Um, <clears throat> I which, think he does cool stuff. So Mark Guggenheim did one of the Yoda arcs as well. Which one did he do? He did the. Did he do the one with the the, the big droid? The the Anakin one. Yeah, like the mega super fantastical battle droids. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because Jody Houser did the Padawans one, didn't the, the the Giganta droid or whatever it was called. Yeah, his that was the worst one <laughs> of the Yoda anyway, arcs. Anyway, I quite like Mark Guggenheim. Um, so yeah, just I mean, look, we won't talk about it that much, but yeah, it was good. Seems money grabbing to me. They did it last year. I'm a capitalism rant. Yeah, they did it last year. They they'll do it every year from now on, just to be like, oh, these are the comics coming out next year. Um, Please spend 4.99 on this. Yeah, I mean, I would rather the revelation be, oh, so after Return of the Jedi, you know, after the series end, we're going post Return of the Jedi. That would have been a better revelation than just like, oh, here's some teasers for some series. Uh, Chris, that, um, anything else to say? No, I'm just looking at the issue again, trying to remind myself. Because I read it when it first came out, because I was really excited for it. So it's been a month or something since I've read this. Um, that first storyline, the one to Charles Saul one, was really good, actually. I really liked that. Just the one about the lawyer. It was yeah. just told really yeah. well. It was snappy. It was just an enjoyable read. Whether it means Charles Saul used to be a lawyer, so he can write lawyers pretty well, can't he? Yeah. Whether it means anything, or not, I don't know. But it was just, it was an enjoyable read. Well, she's going to be Lando's lawyer. That's the whole point. That she's going to be Lando's lawyer in the trial. Yeah, that didn't mean that didn't mean anything to me because I'm, I'm I didn't read Souls Forty One by then, so I was just like, "What's going on?" Oh, so you were like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. So now it makes more sense. Yeah. Mm. Um. Anyway, that, that wraps it up. The only other issue we got this month was Mando season two issue seven, but we're not talking about it because we've given up pretending to be interested in these adaptations that are just shot for shot remakes. Go watch Mando season two episode seven. Um. Yeah, that's it. So all in all, boys, good month for comics. Indeed, yeah. It was a really good month. Yeah. Mm, well, Afra, Bounty Hunters, High Republic, lots of goodness. Yeah. So we will be back in a month's time to talk about the January comics, and we will be talking, most importantly, about the finale of Afra and Bounty Hunters, which is going to be quite an emotional ride for us as big Bounty Hunter Dr. Afra fans. Bafra fans. Bafra fans. <laughs> Vader ending. He's probably saying that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a party when that gets its final so, issue. You yeah. <laughs> corks a champagne for that one. I want someone else to write Vader. Like, give that to someone else. No, we don't need another Vader series. We I will never happily, need another I will Vader happily have another Vader series. But we can't. He dies. I don't care anymore. Like, give me a Kylo Ren series. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Give us a Kylo Ren series. Uh, yeah, Kylo Ren's Charles Soul's version of Kylo Ren. Exactly, he did the Rise of Kylo Ren five-issue miniseries. Do that, but with actual Kylo Ren. Charles Salt, there you go. Well, just Done follow it. one of the previous Enforcers. Give us a Count Dooku series or a Darth Maul series or something. Yeah, exactly. Not really There's so many Sith that they could give us. 
I would even read a Grievous series. Like, no, I wouldn't. I think it would be more interesting than another Vader series. Um, him running away at the end of every issue. Just coughing. Like, all the sound effects would just be coughing. It's just him trying to find some cough syrup. Or, like, have to, have to take COVID tests every time he goes anywhere. <laughs> Wait, you're already writing a better series than Grievous. Like, oh, Vader you've got a cough. Right you have to take a test. <laughs> a test. <laughs> oh, so that, that's a test that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg Pack writing a General Grievous COVID test series. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Uh, Chris, where can the people find you? Has to be a book collector, isn't it? On all the things. And here on Comics Roundup, being sure. a shit boy every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan? Uh, you can find me on here. Uh, and at the Castle Library. Uh, there is a on the bus review pending. Oh, he's cooking. He's cooking, cooking. something. I need- Need to read it. Need to make notes. Need to write it. But it's coming. It's coming. It like I, think, I, do. I think it's been coming for the last two months. I think. Yeah, whenever it came out, it's been coming since then. Watch this space. Watch this space. It came out in October. Uh, yeah, don't me like that. Uh, and yeah, I'm Dan. Base Gospel Library. Uh, I'm taking inspiration from my favourite Instagram accounts. SW Book Collector, and I've posted twice in two days. Uh, yeah, thank you for saying that because I'm trying to make more of an effort to post. Yeah, no, you've inspired... Big stupid face on there. So. You've inspired me, Chris. You've inspired me. Um, okay, let's wrap up there. Comics round up. It's been a blast. Made Shit a boys out. You. Shit boys out. Bye. Bye. Until Bye. next month, motherfuckers. Bye.